Matthew chapter 16, reading in verse 13. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. I'm going to make special emphasis on certain parts of the scriptures, which of course we are a very, um, I would say attuned to the scripture. Maybe attuned, I don't want it to be something that, something that maybe you say, well, Brother Tom, I know that. I want you to say to yourself, Brother Tom, I've experienced that. I want, I don't want a knowing of, of the know of the knowledge of it. I want you to know it as a reality of an experience of it. Matthew chapter 16 verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but whom say you that I am? Whom say you that I am? And Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'd like you to read that last verse together with me. Verse 18. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the church of the living God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you while you have your seats. It's an indication, of course, if the declaration has been made by the word himself, which was Jesus Christ. If that declaration is made that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It gives you an indication that hell is going to be against it. Is that is that is that reasonable assumption? If Jesus now is making us well aware that hell is going to try and shake your revelation. But once you've been given a revelation from almighty God, there's no devil, there's no imp, there's no person, there's no trial, there's no tribulation that's going to separate you from your revelation in Christ Jesus. Doing pretty good. Amen. We're there. Well, I got to prove I'm one in a million. And I've got to show the power of the blood. It becomes an individual, personal declaration of your revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus. 
It becomes then your tie post. You're anchored. Nothing will shake me. I never saved you. Brother Biscoll never saved you. Cloverdale Bible Way never saved you. Jesus saved you. The Word saved you. And people get a little bit tied up or, or get a little skewed about our mentioning of William Branham. Let me clarify this. William Branham was one of the stars of the, of the seven stars held in the hand of Jesus in Revelation. We make mention of Paul. Is that true? We make mention of Paul. We make mention of Luther. I'll even quote Wesley. Can I not quote then a prophet that has come in this generation? And once that revelation comes, the gates of hell can't prevail against it. I never learned the message. I experienced the message. My Father, which is in heaven, hath revealed this to you. That's what you're standing on. It's not the gray matter of men that have never experienced it because they don't know what an experience is until they experience it. Brother Bram said, if I had an apple here and I took a bite of an apple, I, and I asked you, is it tart or is it sweet? Is it tart or is it sweet? Is it sour? What is it? He said, you wouldn't know until you bit it. So a person that looks outside and tries to tell you something that God's made real to you, it doesn't shake. It doesn't move. Do you understand that, saints? They, the Pharisees were calling Jesus Beelzebub. Did it shake the eleven? Did it move the eleven? No, because they caught a revelation of who he was. He is the word. Amen. So it becomes then a tie post. And Brother Bram said in the message, the rapture, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven, hath revealed this to you. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. The revelation of the word of its season. People say, I want to point you back to Jesus of 2,000 years ago. I want the Jesus of our season. Where is the rapture going to be? Where is that revelation going to be? In the revelation of the word of its season. So uh, this is what the church, Brother Bram said, is built on. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church on the revelation of the word in its season. Now, I want every young person to understand this because we're going into, it could be our final year. And Brother Branham is mentioning this in the rapture. If you don't have a revelation of this word in this hour, in its season, there is going to be a catching away. But it's to those who have caught a revelation of the word of the season. It's not a social gathering. 
We have not called to a social gathering. I don't care you're in Germany, Sister Susie, or whether you're in Africa, or whether you're in Canada. It is not a social network. The world has cheapened communication by texting. Cheapened the meaning of what you're trying to say. You could be saying something on text that is not what you're saying. Because a person doesn't see your face. They don't see your expression. They just see blank page. And so that's the way people communicate today. And it means nothing. But you need a personal experience with Jesus Christ face to face. Face to face. So now, the church is built on revelation. The rapture is going to be a revelation. And it will be a revelation, Brother Bram said, of the word in its season. Luther was a word in his season. Right? Wesley had the word in its season. Pentecost had the word in its season. Now, justification made a way for... Now we're talking about the masterpiece. Quote, justification made way for what? Sanctification. Sanctification made way for what? What? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Or the restoration of the gifts. And that made way, Brother Bram said, for the Word Himself. So we're talking about Jesus Christ, the living Word today. Anchor your soul in the living Word. If it's season today. That's what's going to hold you when the storms of doubt and the clouds of despondency and despair come. People that you thought were solid are now fallen. Saying, that doesn't worry me. And that should not worry you. I don't know what their experience was, but I know what mine was. One day I met Jesus. And one day Jesus made this revelation real to me. You say, well, Brother Tom, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, then this morning, I want you to say in your heart, Lord, make this message a revelation to me. Personally, to me. Personally, to me, I'll try and nail my feet down here. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Paul writes in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, yet not I, Paul is saying this, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I know what I used to be, Brother Ernie. I know what I used to be. But now I can say, I'm crucified with Christ. Tom Ray died with Christ. But Tom Ray rose with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I did live, no, now live. The life that I 
now live in the flesh. In the flesh. I live by, now here's your secret, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want you to be able to put your name there. Now, let me reread it again. I am crucified with Christ. That means Tom's crucified with Christ. Andrew, you crucified with Christ. You have to put your name personally there. Then you're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I've been crucified, yet I live. Not I, but Christ liveth in what? Where is he living? Where is he living? Is he living in you? So now it's no longer I that live, but now it's Christ living in me. Now we're not living Luther's life or the message that he brought or Wesley brought or Pentecost brought. We're living the life of the word. Heavens and earth shall pass away, but his, where's the word? Here I am. Come on. Here I am. That word is living in me. That word is living in you. So now, Paul is saying, and the life which I now live then, the life that I now live in the flesh, this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So now that that faith, and we've covered it over the last little while, that faith, that faith is a substance faith. It's not a willy-nilly faith. It's a substance faith. So now the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Who revealed this to you? My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And upon this rock I'll build my church. So where does faith come from? Comes from God. God gives faith. So when he gives it, the Greek goes in to say, now, faith is that assurance. Substance. Assurance. It also means that it's a title deed of confirmation. God is giving you a title deed, a substance of confirmation of things hoped for. It goes here to say divinely guaranteed. Remember when the stores used to give you satisfaction guaranteed? Remember that old phrase back in the 80s, 60s, 70s? Satisfaction guaranteed. You can buy your product here. It will be satisfaction guaranteed. If you're not satisfied, we're going to guarantee you will be. If you don't like the product, we'll give you another product. Well, this product you don't want to change. So this is a divinely guaranteed God has divinely given you a substance that's guaranteed to hold. So I'm not worried or shaken by the affairs of economy, job, uh uh-huh, 
Mortgage payment doesn't matter. Nothing is going to shake me. Because I've got a divine guarantee in a product that I cannot be moved. I am satisfied. Deeply satisfied. Divinely satisfied. Of the substance that God gives me. Now this is what Brother Ram said. Identified price of all ages. We haven't got Sankey's message. We haven't got Moody's message. We've got the message of the hour. I want to see an amen. I want to see people's lips absolutely move. Say amen. The words amen. He is the faithful and the amen of God. He's worthy of every amen. We haven't got Moody's message. We've got the message of the hour. We ain't got Luther's message or Wesley's message. Oh, would they have web pages against them? Yes. Because there's always going to be opposition. But the gates of hell can't prevail against it. Because they haven't eaten the apple. Oh, Brother Tom will get misquoted and says he believes an apple in the garden. Did I say that? No. But they love splicing quotes now. And I don't even know why they even listen to us. If they're so right, what's their problem? I don't get it. They know they're wrong. Amen. That's why they can't stand it. The Satan can't stand it when they see you keep standing. Hath God said? Hath God always questioning? God has said. Satan, get behind me. Amen. I don't care what trouble you've got. I don't care what situations that's against you. You've got to take the word of God that's abiding in you and say, Satan, you can't prevail against me, but I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to prevail against you. So we don't have Sankey's. We don't have Moody's message. We don't have Luther's message or Wesley's message. They were all right for, but that was another day. That was another day. This is another promise. This is another church age. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. How astounding it is. How blind people can get in the age. But it's got to be that way. It has to be that way. People become lukewarm. Because it's prophesied that way. In this age, the Bible. And God will spew them out of his mouth. But as many as he loves... He chastens and rebukes. He spoke it would be that way in the Laodicean church age. But remember, God changes his form. God emorphy. That's a Greek word, which means he puts on a different mask. So all God was, 
He poured into Christ. And your Bible says in Colossians, and the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Christ. God changed his mask. But now God's changed his mask again. And he now is living in his people. The word, the word, the word is living in me. Amen. He's put on a different mask. Brother Ram refers to Carmen in Shakespeare's play. Like an actor that changes form. He said, now, he said, all those prophets, that was God in those prophets. Jesus said so. You called them gods who the word of God came to. And here I am, the son of God. And how do you condemn me? Now, isn't that very interesting that they condemned the very fullness of the word? Think about it. They condemned Jesus. Think it's impossible, but they did it. But now that word's in you. And that's why they come against you. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yes, sir. But the same thing is today. It's God manifested in flesh. The message of the hour. The light of the day. We can't have them other messages back there. They have been done lived up. They've been done lived up. But we're living in another age. We're living in the word age. The word age. Now I'm going to ask you for 2009 at the closing on a Sunday morning. I want, and I, this is not a New Year's resolution. This is a declaration of your own welfare. You make this message a constant diet. They will make resolutions. I will get thinner. No, they won't. They will for a week. They will get fatter. And it's proven. It doesn't last. But may this kind of diet. Because once you drink from this well. Hallelujah. You don't want to drink from any other well. And I just wonder in in this age. And see it so often. How people are cooling off. I I don't get it. But I do get it. Because it's the spirit of Laodicea. But I deny it. Because I had a prophet say that there will be a people that's on fire. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Bram said in the message, absolute. I want you to keep on thinking, my anchor holds. My revelation holds. Nothing shall move me. Amen. Brother Bram said in the message, absolute. He said, the portion of his word that's lauded for this age, his Holy Spirit is here to manifest the portion of that word. Brother Bram keeps on saying here, the real born again people of this age that's filled 
with the Holy Ghost. Now, Brother Tom, are you going to preach a message on getting filled with the Holy Ghost? Saints, you ain't born again until you have received the Holy Ghost. It's not a question, should you have it? You must have it. And I want to ask you young people, it's not just going to the baptismal tank and getting wet and coming up. That's a part of your birth. But the finish of your birth is the life of God living in you. Then you have the author of the word. The life I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. The real born again people of this age that's filled with the Holy Ghost is the tie post of the scripture. Wow. Wow. What a statement. What a statement. What a statement. Can I read it again? Because it's a profound statement. And I don't want you just to glare over and say, this just is another Sunday morning service. No, this is not another more Sunday morning. This is a declaration. There's a people that's absolutely going to be changed. Amen. Because I'm tied to the resurrection. I'm tied to it. Are you listening to me now? The real born again people of this age that's filled with the Holy Ghost is... The tie posts of this scripture. Oh, when did they want to kill Jesus? When he said the father and I are one. When do they want to crucify the bride? Get real quiet here. Oh boy, getting real quiet here. But I just told you we're in the word age. And I just, we had gone through a few quotes and scripture says the word is living in you. Now a prophet is telling you in the word absolute, the real born again son and daughter of God that's filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you listening? Is the tie post of the scripture. Listen, saints of God, when Luther was here, you had to believe Luther's message. Or you stayed in your Catholicism. And you died. You had to walk in the light as he was in the light. So they were a tide post at that day of what God was revealing that just shall live by faith. But now we've learned moved to the word age. And now a word prophet is telling you that the true born again, the true born again, son and daughter of God, filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen what he says here now. Is the tie post of the scriptures that's got to be fulfilled in this age. They are the ultimate. This is the second time you've heard it now. First time you should believe it. Second time you should be rejoicing in it. Now the word is telling the word. Come on. You say, I'm a word bride. Then if you're a word bride, believe what the word says you are. The word says in the message absolute, you are the fulfillment typepost of the scripture. 
you have become the ultimate. Wow. That's big comments, Brother Tom. That's why I've been given a mandate. My mandate is to say what a prophet said. Prophesy again. Say what's been said. I should have got a little bit more of an amen than that. So whatever situation we deal with within the church, I want you to know, saints of God, it has already been spoken by the messenger. Brother Tim, Brother Tom, Brother John, no one here is going to add anything to what this messenger has said. Let it be yea. Let it be amen. Hallelujah. He said, they are the ultimate. It's God's ultimate. So now he's putting his name to it. You are the ultimate. You're God's ultimate. I want you to walk out of 2019 into 2020 with your shoulders back, your head up high. Let the devil know I'm God's ultimate. And my anchor's holding. Hallelujah, Ben. You're going to need this because one day you're going to want a sweetheart. And that sweetheart is going to look at you and wonder, does he have the ultimate? And vice versa. You will look at a sweetheart and say, does she have the ultimate? Not pretty eyes. Not well-formed body. Not a big smile. Have you seen them through the good times and the bad times? Mm -hmm. When you see them go through bad times and their anchor holds. And they're tied to the ultimate. Then they become the ultimate by being tied to the ultimate. Yeah, you see weddings go by and... All nice and wonderful first couple of years. All of a sudden, uh, things start rocking and reeling. Have you thought that far? Or you just look at the minute, at the moment. You bet your eyes. Is he looking at me today? I know Brother Tom's preaching his heart out, but. Oh, let me go on the other side. Is she looking at me? I'm nodding my head at the right time. Saints, let it be far from that. Let it be because God told you. God spoke to my heart. Oh, I'm in hot water now. Man, I just announced four weddings. (laughs) I should have said that one a month ago. (laughs) Oh, here we go. How are we doing? Everybody okay? We're still in shock treatment or whatever. So now we're tying you to the ultimate. Brother Ram's calling you the ultimate. God's ultimate. Because it's his word. It's his word. And the word is Christ. The typos. There's no way getting away from it. Something is holding you. God's holding me. Listen, stories about the prophet didn't hold me. Come on. 
Listen, saints, I can tell a story five different ways. I can give you my testimony in a two-hour testimony. I can do it in five minutes. It doesn't matter. But give me Jesus. Give me what that prophet was pointing to. He was pointed at Jesus Christ. No word accusation. Jesus said unto the Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word. That's a key statement, isn't it? Who wants to continue to 2020 in the word of God? If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. So if you continue in the word, then he will open up truth. Hallelujah. We got to walk, walk, walk in the light. We'll walk, walk, walk in the light. Let's walk, walk, walk in the light, walk in the light of God. And I love as I took a couple meetings ago, and I'm just, I haven't even started my message yet. So hold on. The definition of truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So now the truth is the under basic understanding to that which is manifested of a hidden reality. Jesus was the manifestation of the hidden reality. Christ is the mystery of God revealed truth. You say, well, I believe the truth. Well, I want to know, is it a hidden manifestation? Or is it just something that's a fact here? We got to believe the Bible as an Eastern book. Brother Bram said the Bible is an Eastern book. And we have to see what it means in the Eastern context. Not Webster's context. Even though Webster ties in, he was a Christian man. As a matter of fact, Webster was a Christian man. I believe, I could be corrected on that, but I believe it. A while ago, I had a terrible habit when I was a kid. I loved world encyclopedias and dictionaries. Didn't help me much, but I liked reading them. But if you take a look at the way now the Greek is saying truth, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Well, you go to the Baptist church and they can say, we got the truth, brother Darren. We got the truth. Jesus is true. And I went there and I went because a friend of mine in university was being baptized. And I wanted God. And so I thought, hey, maybe they got it at the Baptist church. So I went to the Baptist church in North Vancouver. And there was ashtrays all in the foyer. I wanted deliverance from it. And now I'm going to a church that smokes. I said, they don't got it. Even something in me that didn't know nothing knew that they didn't have. They didn't have it. They say they had truth. But what truth? Truth of what? Yesterday? Yesterday's message? Yesterday's thought? 
Luther thought? John Smith thought? I don't know. But I know that the prophet said, we got to believe the word of God in our season. And that season will hold you. I'm tied to it, saints. And it's gripped. So truth in its definition in, in the Greek is aletheia. If I'm saying that correctly, A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. It is the manifestation of a hidden reality. You shall know the manifestation of a hidden reality that you are the sons of God. And that will set you free. We can tie it in scripture all the way through scripture, saints. Just taking the definition. So in the courtroom, that's why they have you swear in the Bible or not swear on the Bible for a Christian. But we affirm on the Bible. They want you to say something. I'll, I'll say it the way they said it. The, the court attendant will ask you the question. Are you willing to come into this courtroom and manifest something that's hidden to us that only you know that you can bear witness? So it's previously hidden. Now made manifest. Because you know it. You were there. I was there when Jesus saved me. <laughs> the very moment he forgave me. And he took away my... <laughs> Hallelujah. So Aletheia, truth, not only stands for infutable facts, but expresses the truth itself. That which is unattainable to human mind, which can only be perceived through divine revelation. That's what truth is marching on. Did you get that, saints? It's not in just an infutable fact. It's not just that. That's what truth is. It's not only stands for something that's irrefutable. You can't argue against it. It's a fact. Jesus is fact. The word is fact. It's irrefutable. But it also expresses the truth of itself. That which is only, which is not attainable by human understanding, by human mind. But can only then be perceived by divine revelation. Truth. If you can continue in my truth. That truth that has been divinely revealed. Okay. Okay. We still haven't got to my opening scripture yet. But we're getting there. That's why we have part fours and fives and sixes. So then we must speak truth. We must speak that which has been, been revealed to me. That's why we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. Truth. That's why I wasn't ashamed to tell my mom and dad and all my friends that forsook me. 
that I believe that God sent a prophet. It's a revealed truth. Hidden by man's thoughts, but revealed by God. And once revealed, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. That's why you're unshakable and you're unmovable. Right, Brother Kim? Right. We're unshakable. We're unmovable. And nothing shall move me. Nothing shall move me. Listen. You know, people say, well, why do you quote Brother Branham? Why not? What do you want me to quote? Some airhead in, that wrote a paper, a PhD that's nullified ten years from now? I was writing a paper once in my third year. And I thought, who better to say, find somebody that wrote a PhD on the subject. And let's see what he says about that. Hey, he studied a whole, what is that, the PhD? Two years almost, isn't it? I don't know. Years, it depends on what university you go to. So I thought, hey, I'll just go into this. We called it the stacks at the time and went into a file, Brother Ernie, found out where a guy wrote this subject that I wanted to write on. And guess what? Who could say it better than he said it? Who could say it better than him? He got his PhD. I'm just trying to get through school. So what did I do? The unforgivable sin at the university. I plagiarized. Boy, did I get my hand spanked. I knew one girl that got thrown out. And at least I didn't get thrown out. I, I groveled more than she did, I guess. But why can't I quote Brother Branham? Why can't I quote when the angel of the Lord is standing right there? Saying you said mythical. You should have said mystical. You said the word wrong. I'll take what he says. When you got the angel of the Lord himself telling him what to say. And you know what? People haven't eaten the apple. They don't get that statement. They don't know whether it's sweet or sour because they've not experienced it. They know about it, but they haven't experienced it. Did you get that, Nathan? They didn't experience it. They got it here, but they didn't get it here. Listen, saints, when God saved me, nothing could stop me. Nothing could stop me. Mama couldn't stop me. Daddy couldn't stop me. My brothers... I had this dream one time. I had more dreams when I was, uh, when I was first saved. I guess the Lord just said, you know, gives you lots of feathers in the, in the nest. I had this dream and in the dream I was preaching. Of course, I'm just saved maybe a couple of months. So it's February, so September. And I had this dream, brother Ernie, I was in this room and I was with my, all my mom and dad's friends, the upper echelon of society here. They, they had little cocktail parties and things like that. They were all in a room. And I was in the middle standing preaching. And I go, wow, I didn't know you could preach. And I'm, cause I'm in my dream watching me in my dream. I go, that's cool. So I, I get, wake up in the morning, anyway, I have the dream. I don't know what the dream means. I don't know anything. I, you know, I don't put much stock in dreams, really. But for me, I put, uh, you know, I said, well, that's interesting. So 
about a couple months or a couple weeks later, my mom and dad, they always did what they call a golf, uh, uh, holiday. And they had about six or eight friends and they all went to a golf course, whether in Kelowna, wherever they went, and they would get all these homes and they'd have their barbecues. And my mom and dad called me up and said, Tom, you never are with us. You're at church every day. No, I'm not every day. Tuesday, Thursday, twice on Sunday. Well, that's every day to them. Why don't you spend a week with us? I said, oh, mom, I can't do, I can't miss church on Sunday. Well, come up for Friday and a Saturday and go home. I said, okay, I could do that. So I went up and we're, we're in the, we're in Kelowna and we'd all gone golfing and all that did our thing and I'm grumpy. They said, how come you're always grumpy? I said, because I'm around this. I said, get me in church and I'm happy. They hadn't eaten the apple yet. So then I get, we get around the dinner and everything, all, you know, everybody's barbecuing and we all come into this big room and we're all eating together. And one of my dad's best friends says, Hey, Tom, I heard you got religious. My dream. (laughs) Nothing will shake me. Saints, I've been, listen, I've been attacked from every side and every way. When I first came, nothing going to get me now. I'm standing on this solid rock. So I put my fork down softly. I said, Art, I never got religion. And the whole place you could hear a pin drop. And they're just waiting for the next words to flow through my mouth. I said, I never got religion. I got saved. I got born again. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And unless you get saved, you're all going to hell. <laughs> I had, I once had a captive audience, but they were running out the doors. I might have said a little bit more than that, but it was enough. My audience left very quickly. And of course, my mother, she went running outside and she's walking by the lake. She was crying. And she said, Tommy, something's terribly happened to you. You're not what you used to be. I said, thank God. She said, you're not what you used to be. You used to be the life of the party. I said, come to my party. My party's church. That's where I enjoy the word. And so she said, well, you know, you're so extreme. I said, Mom, it's the Bible. I said, listen, Mom. I said, you, you are, you have Mormon background. You have Mormon background, right? She said, and she's walking along in the water and she says, yeah, I, my, we had a prophet. I said, but that's a false prophet. I said, for every false, there has to be a real. Is that right, Mom? I said, you can't have a phony dollar unless you have a real dollar. And I'm telling you, I got the real dollar. Well, we don't understand. Mom, it's not by understanding. It's being by born again. So people, you know, they really, really think there's something now coming against what I believed 40 years ago. Saints, look what it's given me. Look what the word has given me. It's given me peace in mind. 
It gave me a glorious wife. It gave me three wonderful children. This message is life to me. Gave me a pastor. Give me a church. Forsake mother, father, sister, brother. And I'll give you mother, father, sister, brother. How many have found it so? How many have found it so? You'll wave your hand. I have found it so. I forsook them and God gave me a real mother. A real father of the faith. Real brothers and sisters. Speak truth. Speak it, whether it hurts or not. Speak it. It has nothing to do with feelings. Truth has nothing to do with feelings. Truth, truth. What they used to say? The shoe fits, wear it. Truth will put us in our place. Put a mother in the home. Put a a daddy at work. I'll tell you what truth will do. It'll take makeup off of you sisters. Listen, don't try and creep into this church. And don't think that the word of God won't come against it. Take that pancake makeup off your face. Your skirts are they're too tight. Let the daddy, the high priest, put his home in order. These Fruit Loop haircuts, you get a real man's haircut. Amen. Listen, I had a Fruit Loop haircut. I always look at these white, these guys my age walking down the street with a ponytail on their back, jean shirt on, and a you know jean jacket and all that, and I go, there goes Tom. That's what you would be without Christ. And then I told Joanne or, or Brother Ken, I said, really not, really, because I'd probably be dead. One day I'll give my testimony. But truth must speak truth. Truth. I'm not interested in your feelings. I'm only interested in truth. Everybody getting that part of the message now we're only interested in truth because if you tell the truth the first time is i believe brother edward always used to say if you say it once right the first time you can always repeat truth the same way if you embellish it it's a different story but say what's true oh he says how glorious said, lay your hand on that little girl. Lay your hand on her. Back there. She's got kidney trouble. Lay your hand back. You tell me another man that does this. But even in this, that didn't save me. Are you listening to me? Signs and wonders does not save you. The word himself saves you but it was a word messenger that pointed you to the word himself and now God was now vindicating his word and you look it up I got it right here 
You look it up. You want to look up. Confirm your word. Lord, confirm your word. Lord, confirm your word. Lord, confirm your word. Confirm your word. Confirm your word. He will only confirm truth. I want you to say amen. He only confirms truth. What kind of God have you got if God doesn't confirm, if God confirms a lie? Satan is a liar and the father of lies. God is the fountain of truth. That's why daddies, you have to stay, say truth in your home. You don't water it down for, for your situation. I've had to say truth to my sons with tears running down my face. Stand for truth, son. We stand for the word. And you think it's easy? It's not. But God will back up truth. I want you to rejoice in it. God always confirms truth. Put your hand on... Put your hand there on that little girl that's got kidney trouble. Put your hand on that little lad that's got blood pressure. Lay your hands on him, Pop. Mother, you're getting well too. So now what? What is he showing us? What's he showing us? He says, now, if I've spoken truth, get this down. It right down anchored in your soul. If I've told the truth, he will come and confirm it. Here he is. (laughs) Oh, my, 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 my. I love this plagiarism. See, I just got moved from the university of man to the university of God. This is my plagiarism and with great pleasure. And you know what? I won't give you an F. I'll give you an A+. Say what the prophet said. Say what he said. Lay your hands on that little boy. Lay your hands on that little girl. God confirming his word. God confirming his word. And here he is. Here he is. He's dropped right down on me. Glory. You tell me another man that can make that kind of statement. Let me know where you live, who you are and what you've done. And what you will be. That God is my God. Hallelujah. He's dropped right down on me. And he wants you to know he's here. (laughs) Hallelujah all the time. Why don't you understand my speech? Jesus turned to them and said, Why don't you understand my speech? Because you can't hear my word. Because my sheep hear my... My sheep only hear voice. Seed only hears his voice. Getting it? You do not understand my speech. Because you cannot hear my word. You are of the father, the devil. And the lusts of your father you will do. What was he a murderer? 
Brother Bram said, what is a murder? A murderer is trying to kill someone's character. And you can read it anywhere you want. They try to kill every man's character. That stands for truth. Murderers. They might not want to hear it, but that's Bible. That's Bible. You are the father, the devil. The lust of the father you do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and he's the father of it. If you want to know that Bible verse, if you haven't read it in a few, a little while, it's 843, John chapter 843 and 44. And John 4, 845 says, and because I tell you the truth, you believe not. Still got some time? One service today, right? All right. Maybe turn to your Bibles, please. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Did your, does our Bible say that we shall live in troublesome times? You read in Timothy, you'll find out so. Your prophet said we'll live in treacherous times. We'll live in shaking times. Do you hear about the nine earthquakes outside of Vancouver Island this weekend? And everybody said, Amen. I love the West Coast. Brother Aiden, you didn't realize where you moved to. <laughs> but we're going up, Brother Aiden. We're going up. We're going up. Listen, can you imagine being in the world and reading the newspaper today? Kim Jong-un sending a Christmas present to President Trump. And everybody's worried, ooh, we're going to have an atomic bomb. I mean, earthquakes everywhere. Fires are burning. Tornadoes are happening. And what are we doing? We're cradled in the rock of ages. <laughs> what a peace. What a shalom. No wonder he preached it on New Year's. <laughs> shalom, little bride. Shalom. So we're, we're in these treacherous times. Terrible times. And they will get worse. But don't ever let that discourage you. Don't ever let that discourage you. Let that be your encouragement. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. Now listen to what the Bible says here. For we dare not make ourselves of the number. Or compare ourselves with some. That commend themselves. Commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves. This is terrible. This is what Paul was dealing with in Corinthians. They were measuring themselves by themselves. And comparing themselves among themselves. They are not wise. 
Let me give you another translation. We do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with some who supply testimonials to commend themselves. This is Bible. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom and have behaved like fools. Write that star in your Bible. Don't you dare let men try and compare themselves to this messenger. So they'll compare themselves with themselves, with others who have fallen away. And the Bible calls them fools. Turn to now Second Corinthians 11, just 11 verse 12. Now here's what Paul says, but Second Corinthians 11:12, "But what I do that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion." Now, I know that this is, this is the King James Version and we believe 100% in the King James Version. That's why you have to read it slower than most things you read. To catch what it's actually saying. And if you've got a, a Greek diaglot or if you've got something, the lexicon or you get something and you want to look at certain words and why did Paul say it that way? And because he's saying it a certain way. Because there will be times that there will be wolves that come amongst you. They'll sit at your feasts. Jude tells us all about these days. But I'm trying to tell you this morning, don't you worry a bit. The prophets prophesied. The stablers are out. And will crest every wave. So now what Paul says, but what I do that I will do, that I may cut off occasions from them which desire occasions. They want, come on over and talk with me. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do that when they crucify this word? Why would I give them the time of day? So they can argue. So Paul's saying here now, but what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off the okay. That means I won't do it. I won't give them this occasion. Let's come and have a meeting with us. A meeting? Come and eat the book. I've said an apple, but now I'm changing it to the book. You eat this book. Oh, we were around it for 30 years. But can you imagine a person being deceived for 30 years and want credibility? That's stupidity. That is absolutely crazy. But Paul is saying, don't give them occasion. Press the battle. Press the battle. So now he says, I I cut off that occasion from which... From them which desire occasion that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. 
Now look at what he says here. This is a translation. But what I'm doing, I will keep doing. For I'm determined to keep this independence in order to cut off the claim of those which want an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things that they brag about. For such men are counterfeits. Deceitful workers masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder since Satan himself masquerades as the angel of light. Paul in verse 13. I just read it for you. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They don't have anything to give you. Stay in the word. Hallelujah. So then since the great loss of Eden. The great tie with God. That was broken by one word. As we took last month. Last week. Or week before last. Before Brother Bisco spoke. Can you imagine one word. And people have hundreds of pages of nonsense. One word. Cause every hospital, every siren, every graveyard, one word. She only disbelieved one word. And the Bible says, he that adds or takes away one word, their names shall be taken out of the Lamb's book of life. One word. So then, if one word caused this, God then must send a perfect word to restore it. Amen. We say, well, at the end of the ages, we're at the end of time. If the fall in the garden was by one word, caused every sickness, every hospital, every siren, one word, then God had to send a perfect word. So now, don't you tamper with this. No, 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 no. When you get up in the day, you grab a message. You listen to it. I don't care how you listen and what medium you listen to. This word is keeping power. This word is keeping power. Well, they say, well, the Bible said I'm kept by the power of God. This word is the power of God. Yeah, I believe it. And now they fall away and look at their lives. I believe it. And by the grace of God, you go forward. And that's why this truth is marching on. This truth is moving on. And I want to know who wants to come with me. (laughs) Who wants to come in this truth? Because it was once hidden, but now made revealed and manifested. God's showing himself amongst us like he's never been before. Preparing a people for a catching away. I'm going to be gone when? In a twinkling of an eye. Ah, brother Tom. Then, then, then if God, has he, has he spoken in the scripture that a perfect word must come? Because by one word it fell, does the perfect word have to be restored? God can do nothing until he first reveals it to what? 
So God has to have a prophet then to restore us back to the word. So that word has to be perfect. Now watch. He says, okay, let's turn to First Corinthians 13 and 9. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles. First Corinthians 13 and 9 says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But then that which is perfect is come. When that which is perfect is come. Did you catch the word when? When that which is perfect is come. Then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away what? Childish things. For now you see through a glass darkly. For now you see through a glass darkly. But then, when? That which is perfect has come. Then, but then, face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity, but uh, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. That's what Brother Bram said, questions and answer, 1964. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away with. So all these little things of jumping up and down like a kid, trying to talk in tongues. Are you listening? This is what your prophet's saying. Try, uh, jumping up and down like a kid, trying to talk in tongues and all these other things. That which is perfect. And we do have today, by God's help, the perfect interpretation of the word with divine vindication. And the church said, Amen. 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 So how important is the message? Very important. Because now a perfect word has come to restore us back. Christ the Mr. God revealed to Adam, Eve, and Eden. Hallelujah. This truth is moving us on. Did you get it? By God's help. Man, I thought one of you young guys would say, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Israel, I'm one of them. By God's help, the perfect interpretation of the word with divine revelation. I'm sorry, the word with divine vindication. Then that which is in part is now done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. But now I've become a man. I put away childish things. Amen. What is perfect? What does it mean perfect? When that which is perfect is come. Next Sunday from now, a week, I'll go to 
what is perfect. But I'll give you a little hint. Give you a hint. When that which is perfect is come, that perfect means faultless. Hmm. I got a one amen and a bunch of hmm. (laughs) Did you get that back there, David? Did you get that? When that which is faultless has come. Oh, there's a big word. It's without fault. Oh, you'll take one on the chin for that, but punch me on the next cheek. Oh boy, you really feel, I really feel I got a whole audience with me right now, Brother Tim. (laughs) Perfect is faultless. Flawless. They haven't eaten the book. Eat the book, saints. And I want to be, I want to say to you, I've seen you mature more this year than I've seen in the years past. And I want to give God the glory for that. I'm seeing a church coming to its manifestation. But the perfect word has come. It's faultless. And that's why then a prophet can come and say, if the word is faultless and she is the word, you must be faultless. <laughs> you knew I was going to get it down to you. So that which is perfect is come is faultless, flawless, unblemished, defectless, untainted, unspotted. And here we go. Absolute. <laughs> We've been speaking on the absolute anchor that holds. Remember, the anchor holds within the veil. The veil. What is the veil? We're not talking about a torn veil in a temple. Brother Bram said that veil that was torn was the veil of flesh that was opened by that Roman spear. And my faith is anchored in that veil. In that veil. In that sacrifice. And it's unshakable and unmovable. Man never got me there. Jesus got me there. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Amen. And it holds within the veil. And no, no storm. No storm. As we took on that chain, that of that anchor, it's indestructible. It cannot be broken. Once anchored, it's steadfast and sure. So when that which is perfect has come, Sister Kim, that is a flawless message. It is a faultless, it's unblemished, it's defectless, it's untainted, it's unspotted, it's absolute, it's matchless, it's unequaled, it's impeachable. Hallelujah. It's a classic, it's stainless, it's spotless. Hallelujah. What a message we believe. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. So then this son that has set you free is free indeed. I want you to be free this morning and realize this son of man has set you free. 
It's a son of man revealing truth. That was previously hidden, now made manifest. And that truth is marching on. It's marching on. I want you to look around the room now. Lisa, in you. <laughs> look around the room, Gary. Look around the room. Look around to your left. Don't be, don't, don't be afraid. It won't bite you. Truth is marching around. Truth. <laughs> truth. Where's truth, Brother Tom? Where, where, where is it faultless? Ooh. Where is it faultless? Where's the perfect word? Where is it? It's in me. Then the word is telling you the word that you're faultless. You're perfect. You're unblemished. You're defectless. You're untainted. You're unspotted. And that's why we said, Brother Bram said in the message, absolute, you have become the absolute. Oh, my goodness. We should be shouting and singing and rejoicing and thanking God for what this message says we are. There was nothing lost until Adam and Eve fell, but God sent a perfect message. God sent a perfect word to bring us back to Adam, Eve, and Eden again. Something's lost. Something was groaning, Brother Bram said, trying to get back to its original condition. Back to the original state. Have you had that groaning? Have you had that longing? Have you had that deep calling? Then there has to be a deep to respond. So God sent Malachi 4. For who? Behold, I send. What does it say? What does the Bible say? Behold, I send who? You. (laughs) Me, you. Behold, I send you. God send you, Elijah the prophet, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. God send you a perfect message. God sent you a perfect word. God sent you something that can't let the devil move you at all. I shall not be, I shall not be. We sing the chorus. But Brother Tom, you know, I had this trial the other day. Let the trials come saying, but I can not be. Musicians wanted to come. I cannot be moved. Isn't there, he says, a pulsation rising in your heart? Isn't there something taking place that's burning till it's becoming a reality to you? I say, God, fan the fire. In the hearts of your beloved people that are here this morning. I want to thank the Lord Jesus for your lives. There's more for us to obtain. We need to press on as Joshua said to the children of Israel. There's much land to possess. Let's press on 2020. Let's go to areas we have not known. Immerse yourself in the word. Immerse yourself in thus saith the Lord. Immerse yourself. You will not be sorry, saints. And you will come to a place of the realization of who you are in Christ Jesus. It'll keep burning in you 
Until, Brother Bram says, until it becomes a reality. A reality to you. You won't be sleepy. No. You'll come in at church. You're ready for charge. You're ready to be built up into the faith. You're willing to pull on that preacher. Because they've laid in the presence of the Lord saying, God, give us something that's going to hold us steadfast and sure in these wicked times. You indeed will be a bride on display because people will marvel that you're unmovable and you're unshakable. And as we come into this dark hour that's coming on gross darkness in the land, you let this message start shining in your corners of your lives. You start claiming under the token your children. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. You do it. You go to them. You pray with them. You speak to them. Say the death angel is going to pass this home. We've got the token himself. We've got the blood of Jesus Christ. And let me say another thing to you, saints. Forgive me if I in any way insinuate because of your non-expression that I take it as something bad. I do not. I realize some of you are expressionless. But inside, you are expression full. Will you forgive me? I understand that. Not everybody is us. Not everybody is us. And don't feel offended in any way when I say, I need an amen. I don't need an amen. I got the amen. I just want you to know I love you. I pray for you. I believe we had a phenomenal year. We've been attacked on every hand. But I still got the joy of God. And I can say to the devil, truth is still marching on. And there's a group of people that are here this morning that are with me. And say, I'm not going to stand still. I'm going to let truth move on in me. It's a perfect word. It's a perfect message. Have they got the song ready? Are they ready? Well, why don't they come on in? I thought I'd just end off the little series of truth, of the absolute. Is marching in me? Well, we might as well have truth marching on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah!